right, guys, welcome to today's episode of Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and on today's episode of the podcast, an interview with South Carolina head coach Frank Martin, and uh, this is another interview we did on the Marching to Madness podcast, uh, the national college basketball podcast that I host. Uh, as always, uh, we share the SEC-related interviews from there here on the Lockdown SEC podcast, and it was great to catch up with Frank Martin. And we talked about a lot of different things, uh, this unique offseason in college basketball and how he and his staff are approaching it, uh, and uh, some of the players that are going to be returning for the Gamecocks next season as well as Mike Coatsar's uh, career there with the Gamecocks and the things he was able to accomplish, and also reflecting on the memorable Kansas State-Xavier game from 10 years ago in the NCAA tournament. What a game that was, and uh, Frank Martin talked about uh, you know that game specifically and what stood out for him. Probably one of the best games in the NCAA tournament we've seen in a while. And so we talked about that, and we had to ask him about uh, Tiger King and whether or not uh, he has found himself watching that series on Netflix and his excitement for the upcoming Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, on ESPN on April the 19th, uh, as all of us are excited for that, and the fact that ESPN uh, moved it up. Uh, from, it was supposed to air in June, uh, but decided to move that up with everything going on. And so uh, he had a lot of good stuff uh, on that, uh, as well as his thoughts on load management uh, in the NBA. So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with South Carolina head coach Frank Martin. All right, guys, welcome back to the Marching to Madness podcast. We're excited to welcome back South Carolina head coach Frank Martin. And, Coach, uh, first things first, uh, we just wanted to, as we're talking to, to other coaches around the country, wanted to check in with you, uh, make sure everything's going good there with you and your family and everybody's okay here as we uh, go throughout this this very unique uh, off season. I know. Yeah, I mean, crazy times that we're in. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it, knock on wood, uh uh, as much as I pray for everyone else uh, to to stay away from this uh, unknown virus, uh, we uh, we've been lucky and fortunate, uh, not just in my personal family but in my work family, uh, that we're all we're all in a good place. And uh, uh, but I also pray that that uh, everyone uh, doesn't get impatient with this and uh, just stays the course and, and follows the direction and the guidance of the professionals that are asking us to. Uh, kind of stay to ourselves right now. Coach, uh, we've talked, like we said, to, to other coaches around the SEC too, and everyone's kind of had a, a different opinion on how they're approaching this just from a, a basketball standpoint. I know, you know, this is usually that period where we're getting ready for the Final Four, but now with, with transfers, recruiting, all this other stuff, uh, I know it's a, a different kind of approach for you guys. Uh, how has it really, you know, impacted the way you've gone about going about things, which not just with your staff, but also just communicating with your players as well? Well, I, uh, the way I do business is uh, whenever the season ends, I, I give everyone a two-week, not at the staff, I'm talking about the players, a two-week, um, just kind of take a deep breath, regather your marbles, uh, get into the schoolwork as hard as you can because the second semester, you're, you know, guys miss class so much. Um, so uh, it's kind of what we do. Uh, it allows our strength coach, our academic, uh, director of operations, uh, just guys that are in that daily grind that don't have to recruit. It allows them to catch their breath. Uh, and then we kind of reconvene. And that's kind of what we've done. We've been a little more uh, aggressive with our communication with our players because of all the unknown. And uh, the, this 11th hour wrench that got thrown into the academic component where 
Uh, you go from going to class three times a week and meet with tutors in person and, and all of a sudden uh, get off campus and uh, everything's going to be online. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of unknown, uh, and not just for the students, but for the professors that have never taught an online course before. So um, uh, a lot more communication from that standpoint. Coach, just looking at your season, uh, A.J. Lawson, you know, he's a personal favorite of mine. I know uh, he might want to test the waters in the NBA, but even at that, how do you think this NBA draft process could be different for these kids who indeed want to test those waters? It, it's uh, a <laughs> great question. I think it's an unknown that, uh, uh, that, that no one knows right now. Only NBA people uh, really know what their private conversations are all about. And, um, you know, and the rest of us that, that uh, kind of live on the outside of their organization, uh, we're all trying to figure out what that next step's going to be and, and how's it going to function. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously the draft is a, is a big, big part of that. Um, uh, and, and trying to, you know, it's, uh, we just don't know. Uh, there's not, mm-hmm. there's not a, uh, uh, you can't have a plan for what you don't know. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't care how good the opponent is. Uh, if you know the opponent, you can set up a plan. Uh, you know, and right now uh, we, we don't know uh, what's in the future. We don't know uh, if there's going to be a draft, when it's going to be, if it's going to be normal, are they going to delay it? You know, cause you hear all kinds of stuff that the NBA is looking to delay their season and try and have a playoff in August, September, uh, so are they going to do the draft in August or September? I, it, there's there's uh, there's a lot of unknown, but uh, getting back to AJ, you're right. He's an unbelievable kid. Uh, he's so much better now uh, than he was a year ago. Uh, he grew up tremendously during this season, and he was playing his best basketball a year at the end of the year. And um, uh, so, you know, it's uh, uh, my job is not to tell kids what they should do. Mm-hmm. Unless they have no one in their life, and I've been around kids like that, and then they they need my my guidance and my structure. Uh, my job is to gather information, and when you have a young man like AJ that has a wonderful family that's very uh, understanding, uh, you gather the information and you give it to them, and then you offer any help that they want you to give, and uh, that's what I've been doing with him for two years, and what I'll continue to do, and. Uh, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll find out here in the near future, uh, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, what he's thinking of doing, cause he's got to do what's best for AJ Lawson and his dreams and his vision, not what's best for me, not what's best for South Carolina. And, uh, uh, you know, we all, we all have different opinions on the journeys that we're willing to take, but that's our right as people. Yes. And, and, you know, to add to AJ, you got, uh, Justin Maniak, Sean Bryant makings of a really strong duo I want him to get healthy and stay healthy, of course, like you do. <laughs> but 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 what's the next thing they can do, you know, uh, to move up into being elite SEC players, assuming, you know, they stay healthy? Well, Keyshawn was on his way. You know, mm-hmm. Keyshawn, uh, uh, he, he, Keyshawn took a huge step. He was tremendous in in all our preseason like tremendous. And then he hurts his knee and misses five weeks. Um, and then he closes the year off. I think he had three double doubles in his last four games. Um, so Keyshawn finished the year with a bang. 
which I'm, I'm excited for him because he's committed to becoming a better player. He works at it. Uh, so he grew tremendously. And then Justin, um, you know, he's coming off a, 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 like a, not a crazy knee injury, but it was a complicated knee injury. And he, he, he kind of uh, uh, was playing the best basketball that he's played since he's been here. And we're rolling as a team, and then he hurts his thumb. And when he hurts his thumb, um, you know, now he misses the last five weeks of the season. And uh, But those two guys, uh, along with, uh, uh, you know, A.J. and uh, Jermaine Cousinard and Jalen McCreary and Wildens Lebeck and Alonzo Frick, we, nine of our top 11 guys were either freshmen or sophomores. And uh, uh, and the other one was a junior in Jair Bolden. Uh, you know, we return a tremendous core and, and one that I'm extremely excited about. Coming up, uh, Frank Martin discusses uh, Mike Kotsar's career with the Gamecocks and all the things he was able to accomplish uh, starting back with uh, his freshman season with the South Carolina going to a Final Four and uh, becoming quite a leader for the Gamecocks this past season. And also uh, reflecting on that Kansas State-Xavier game and, and all the things that made it uh, one of the greats in NCAA tournament history. We'll get into that coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Coach, uh, I remember when we talked to you several years ago after the Final Four run, we were talking about Mike Coatsar and mentioning, you know, the possibilities for him at South Carolina. And then just to see the way he developed over the years, uh, I really enjoyed kind of reading about the journey of his parents getting a chance to come over, uh, see him there, you know, on senior night and what a special moment that was. Um, I know it was very tough for, for everyone, you know, to, to see all of these seniors in college basketball not get the opportunity uh, to potentially play in the NCAA tournament. But just from your standpoint, Standpoint, uh, what, what was it like just to watch Mike's improvement over the years and really uh, to end the in his career the way that he did at South Carolina? Yeah, I, I seniors to me have a, a special place. Uh, uh, I, 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 it's a big duty of mine to make sure that guys that, that sacrifice and and work and commit and and uh, you know and they and they're patient and they 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 allow growth to take place. They don't run away from the difficult times. Um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for, for guys that do that and become seniors. And it's very important to me that those guys have successful, successful senior years. Uh, it's their last step before they, they go off into the journey of life. And I want them to go into that journey in a positive frame of mind. And, and Mike is a lot like most seniors I've had. And this goes back throughout my coaching career. Um, uh, they, you know, he, he went out and, and finished his career with a bang. I, I was disappointed because uh, I knew that leadership was something that he wanted to be so much better at this year than he had been before. And he worked so hard at not only improving himself, but learning how to help all those young kids that we were talking about before. And, and we were right at the cusp right there uh, to go earn an NCAA bid. And, you know, he was dying for the opportunity uh, to, to go out and play uh, in that conference tournament. And, you know, and then he hurts his shoulder, uh, two days before the game. And, uh, you know, and he was going to try and go at practice, uh, the day before the game, but he just couldn't do it. He eventually had a, a shoulder reconstructive surgery, uh, which he's, he's, uh, in the process of rehabbing right now. Uh, but he's an unbelievable young man and had a great senior year voted second team all league by the coaches, uh, I, I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, tremendous defender, tremendous teammate. Uh, you know, he, 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 he left here with a great opinion 
not just of himself, but a great opinion of South Carolina and the experience that he went through. Coach, I've watched lots of replays here, college basketball, and at that epic Kansas State-Xavier game in 2010, Gus Johnson had a really good description of your guys. He used a metaphor of the Doberman pinchers, and when they smell uh-huh. fear, they attack. Uh, just such a hard-nosed game both ways. You know, maybe the hardest-nosed game uh, in the history of the of the big dance. Yeah, I, you know, Ken, I, I, I'm not one of those guys that says, well, that was the best game or my team's the hardest playing team or he's the toughest guy because there's yeah. always a guy just as tough or whatever out there. So, uh, but I will say this, talk about a team with, that was made up uh, with two, like the, the makeups of both teams were almost identical. Uh, tremendous depth on the front line with size and strength um, tremendous guard play. We had Clemente and Pullen. They yes. had Jordan Crawford and they had two Holloway. Um, you know, we, we, we brought this young guard off the bench that, that used to, you know, just get a lot of stuff done. They bring in, <laughs> excuse me, Mark Lyon. Um, it, it, it's just uh, the, the comparisons in the team, how they were made up, the kind of kids uh, was incredible. So it, 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 uh, it made for that kind of a game, a game where neither team would give in. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it, it just, uh, even though it was a high scoring game, the defense played in that game was unbelievable. It, it's I, I, when I was, I had never rewatched the game until they played it the other day. And, uh, uh, the defense, the, the way those two teams went at each other, uh, it just blew my mind. It was incredible. And, uh, uh I, I, reminiscing to that day. Um, as I was watching that game, uh, just made me understand how lucky I was uh, that my staff was able to put together a team that connected with me as well as they did. Yeah, you know, he, he also mentioned Jacob Pullen, and him and Dennis Clemente were unbelievable. He called Jacob the lead dog on the point. I just was interested in getting, getting your inside of that metaphor as well. Yeah, Jacob, uh, uh, you see, Jake, Denny Clemente helped Jacob grow tremendously as a player. Uh, Denny Clemente um, uh, uh, had a, a work ethic, a drive to be great that not too many kids have. So, you know, because everyone wants to talk about how a coach helps a kid. Well, if the kid's not willing to come in at night on his own, because the NCAA limits us how many hours we can be around them. So we, we, when we're in season – or even off season, we only get two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't go on the court uh, at nine o'clock at night and help a player. If we've met our time limit. And uh, <clears throat> so they got to be self-driven to go in the gym and, and put in the time to continue to improve. And Denny was wired that way. And Jacob learned that from Denny and, and those two guys connected on the court. And uh, I always said, uh, Jacob was our personality. Denny was our engine. And, and that's the way that that team was made up. Coming up, uh, Frank Martin's thoughts on Tiger King and uh, whether or not uh, he would entertain the idea of having a tiger as a pet uh, and uh, his anticipation for The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary that's set there on ESPN uh, and uh, his thoughts on MJ as the ultimate competitor and uh, how it relates to uh, the NBA's uh, load management situation uh, in this era of basketball. But uh, we'll get into that coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. 
Coach, uh, on a lighter note, uh, we're all on social media, and it seems like uh, the one entertainment thing that everyone is talking about right now is Tiger King. Um, have you watched it? Uh, are you as immersed in it as everyone else is? Because it seems like it's all anyone's talking about right now. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this, and I don't mean to be petty and, and silly <laughs> about it, but uh, the last thing I ever want to know is what it's like to have a tiger and a lion as a pet in my backyard. <laughs> if, if I see any of them dudes, uh, I'm going nowhere near where they're at. I'm going the other way. So, no, I, I have not committed any time to, to watching that show, but uh, it sounds like everyone else is engulfed in it right now. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I haven't watched these, but apparently it's very exciting. I know something that, that people are very excited for, too. I know you've talked about uh, Michael Jordan in the past, and, and of course, you know, the ESPN documentary they're going to have, The Last Dance, they moved it up to April 19th. Um, just your memories, you know, for someone who's been in basketball as long as you have, of that era, you know, for the Bulls and really what many com- people consider, obviously the greatest player of all time, but really just perhaps one of the, the greatest stretches of all time in basketball history. Yeah, we we've we've created a society where we think being a good teammate is a guy that smiles all the time and high fives everybody, and and you know and 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 just says all the right things. Well, that's not what being a good teammate is. A guy that's willing to help when people need help, that's willing to stand up and show courage when people need courage, and is willing to challenge the people that are with them to make sure that they do their job every day. I don't know of anyone that's ever done that better than Michael Jordan. I, I mean, it's, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, it, 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 you know, it, you, you sit around now and you read all this nonsense about load management, which <laughs> I, I think is the most comical thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, you know, I wish there was load management in real life when we have to go be a landscaper and work every day from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. There's no load management right. there. You get out of bed and you go to work and, and, and I've done that. So I understand what that life is. Um, but you know, back then everyone played 82 games. You didn't play 70. You didn't play 65. You played 82. And here's the other thing. Camp was a month long. And here's another thing. They practiced all the time during the season. That's why those stirrers of Jordan are so legendary in practice is because of how competitive practices were. And, and that's what made him great is, is that desire. You hear all this stuff now, you know, the game's changed and all this stuff. Yeah, it's changed because the players don't want to scream. They just want to stand around and shoot threes, and the guy with the ball just wants to dribble it and shoot it. Jordan played in a system where he had to scream. He had to grow as a player. He wasn't just a guy with the ball that shot it. He posted. He played in the mid-range. He played outside the three. When he was needed to be an assist guy, he was – uh, that's why I, and then you put all that together and then he was the ultimate competitor when it's time to go uh, uh nobody uh stepped up bigger than he ever did in his career and uh and, you know and it's uh i, I think I, I hope it's an honest documentary i think it's real uh I, I i i'm waiting to see his comments about it uh after it's shown uh because you know we've seen other movies and documentaries of people that Hollywood gets involved and, and it's kind of, it's spun. It's, uh, uh, it, it's kind of, uh, illusions and falsehoods are shared to make the story nicer and better. Um, uh, so I, I just hope it's honest and real. Uh, so I'm waiting to see his comments about it after the fact, uh, cause I'm excited. He's, he's a guy that, uh, that is a competitor 
I, I couldn't stand. And as a man, I, I respect it so much. Um, and, uh, and I think those are the guys that are the best when, when they play. Hey, Coach, I have to ask this. Your lovely wife, uh, Anya, has she got a nice honeydew list for you? Oh, my God. It, it's, <laughs> like she had to, it, it, it's like she knew this thing was coming. She, she was ready to go. As soon as, as soon as it hit and we were told uh, that we're staying home, I mean, she was ready to go. She goes, okay, here's the deal. Bam, bam, bam. I'm like, oh, my God. But, <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this. Spending so much time at home has been awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I can't remember the last time I did this. And um, uh, talk about uh, giving us the opportunity to rebond with our families uh, in, in a day and age where, where kind of everyone's in their own space anyways. You know, everyone's making a big deal of social distancing. Everyone communicates and hangs out on social media now, uh, the young people. So they're, they're more used to this than we are at my age group. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're used to being away from each other. And, and, you know, you used to go to the park to play. Now you play at the park while sitting on your couch on video games. And, and so they understand it better than me. So this has been a good, good time for me. Uh, to kind of reconnect with, with the values that I grew up with and maybe share them with my family a little bit better. Uh, but it's, it's also, uh, when you stay home too much, you run out of stuff to do. So uh, you, you, you also need to catch your breath and, and figure out a way to do a couple other things. Coach, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know, like you said, we're all kind of at home right now, and I know you're, you guys are still working hard, but really appreciate it and look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe. All right, that was the conversation with South Carolina head coach Frank Martin, and uh, thanks again to him for joining us on the podcast. And uh, be sure to subscribe. Head over any podcast app you use. Just search for Locked On SEC. And uh, again, if you enjoy the show, take a few seconds, leave a nice five star rating review. That just helps the show reach more people. Uh, for everything else, you can follow me on Twitter at the Blake Level. And if you're excited for the NBA draft, uh, even though we don't know exactly what that could look like, uh, but you want to see where some of these players, not just in the SEC, but college basketball, are ultimately drafted. Where could they be on the big boards? Well, just tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board for great NBA draft coverage. But thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network.